Sound designer Axel Grell has something new for you to hear. Welcome back for another Textonation interview. I'm Fred Fishkin, and joining us from Grell Audio is Axel Grell. Great to have you with us, Axel. Yes, nice to be here, and uh, thank you for the invitation, Fred. Well, tell us, uh, first of all, for people who aren't familiar with your background, you've been in this business for a long time. Give us the overview of that. Yeah, so I'm in, in the headphone business now for 30 years, and I think I'm with audio nearly all of my life. Uh, my father was uh, building electronic organs on itself, so I've built my first speakers when I was 12 years old. And uh, yes, I continued that in school, doing front of house mixing for bands and during university as well. But when I finished university, I started to work for Sennheiser and uh, I've created some of their better known headphones like HD580s, 600, 650s, the HD800, HD800s, HD, yeah, travel headphones as well. HE one, the very expensive electrostatic one was my baby as well. So that was a very long pregnancy, but uh, yes, in the end, it was a really very good headphone. Price point was a little bit high. This is uh, this headphone for $60,000, uh, $60, and uh, but for me, still the best sounding. Two and a half years ago, uh, I left the company because I did something that I, when I, left university, I had that plan already to have my own company. But unfortunately, at that time, nobody knows me, nobody trusted in me and want to spend some money. And I have unfortunately not enough money to do it on my own. But today, uh, yes, now I found someone to say, okay, um, let's put some money uh, to Axel and, and give him the chance to build his own uh, company. And this is what I'm doing in the moment. And so we have Grill Audio. And what we're talking about is your first consumer product. It's called yeah. the TWS one. Yes, TWS. So, so my idea is to, um, you know, when we look at uh, the history of, of the quality of audio, how it develops over the years. So, okay. Uh, when I was a young Boy, it was real to real tape recorders and, and cassette tape recorders and record players. And then came the CD and was, it was getting better after the uh, mixes know how to do the, the right mixing for CDs. In the beginning, it was doesn't sound that good. But in the end, uh, CD was a big step ahead in sound quality. So when you look to the 90s, beginning of the 90s, the sound was in a very high quality level. But then came uh, MP3. Uh, people are listening just to, to earbuds that were just hanging in their ears. Uh, so everything was getting more portable. That's good, but quality went down. And today I'd say things are getting better. It's, it's possible because uh, so streaming is going to lossless. There's enough capacity to store files uncompressed, uh, to transmit them nearly uncompressed. And so I wanted to do something for the generation that was grown up with, uh, yes, MP3 that was grown up with listening to music from smartphones somewhere lying on the table. But that's not the sound quality that I know. And I know today it's even possible to, to have better sound quality. And when you ever listen to headphones like, yes, 
HD800 or HE1. So you know how much detail is possible or is in the music. It's already there. You just have to um, find it. And I want to give this generation and a lot of others, of course, as well, uh, the possibility to, yes, explore sound quality. And uh, the first idea was to, yes, make a headphone, yes, something, uh, overhead headphone, uh, yes, Bluetooth should be in because this is standard today. So when you use smartphone as a source and the smartphones have no uh, 3.5 millimeter output and any more than, yes, you need to use Bluetooth in a way. And uh, I think the generation is used to use that. And so it need to, uh, needed to have Bluetooth. But when I see what people are really using in the moment and what they really like and what they are buying, it's true wireless. And uh, But that's a challenge, isn't it? To bring the kind of sound that you demand to true wireless headphones. Yeah, it is difficult. And, and, and one reason is, of course, you need to have the right drivers high quality drivers, very low distortion. You have to have the right um, chipset. I use Qualcomm chipset, then use chipset. And yes, you have, when you have Bluetooth, you have to write, use the right codecs. So when you're at Qualcomm, of course you use AppTex. For Apple, unfortunately, there's only AC available in the moment, but this is a limitation set by Apple. I hope they will get better because the library is now there, have the lossless uh, library and doesn't make sense to have a library that is lossless and then uh, transmitted via AAC to, to uh, earphones. So I hope that Apple will soon have better quality for the transmission from iPhones to uh, in-ears. So let's see, they are always good for his price. And uh, so, but AppTex uh, adaptive is something uh, that works very well. So it, it's, and it's really better than standard AAC. So when you just change from AAC to AppTex, room widens. And when you yes, see it in, in optical pictures, but it, it's like, yes, 4K against uh, HD. Did you know what I mean? So it's, it's, Everything is clearer, details are better to hear. And um, so codecs play, play a role, really. So it's, and, and the other um, challenge is, of course, when you plug something in the ear, your own, um, the geometry of your own ear, the geometry of your head and, and body, all that, that plays a role when you're listening to loudspeakers. And of course, when you're listening to full-size headphones, it's only the pinner, the, the contra, the resonances in your ear channel that plays a role. This doesn't play a role anymore when you have a true wireless in your ears. Something when you plug something in your ears, you have just the sound pressure that goes into your ear channel, and you've blocked your ear channel, so it's already detuned in a way. So when I do the sound tuning, I do it for me, of course. It needs to sound very good to me, but it needs to um, sound good to uh, a group of test persons that I'm working with and they have different levels of hearing experience, different preferences and music styles. So it's, yeah, but all these patterns 
of the frequency response at the eardrum are very individual. They're as individual as our fingerprints. So there's an, yes, kind of average. So where things are yeah, only changing by some hertz or so, but there are people, I have one person in my, my test group who has really a peak in his frequency response at the eardrum where I have a dip. So this doesn't play a role when listening to yes speakers or yes large headphones, but when um, you have a true wireless something or not only towards um, plug-in thing, a headphone that sounds good to me will sound bad to him and people like him. So this is uh, yes a problem by principle and how to solve that, and the solution. For me, was I've um, partnered up with um, a company called uh, SonarWorks. You've may have heard of them. They are doing um, um, for studio monitors. They um, have a software that, when a sound engineer is traveling, he can you take his SonarWorks uh, kit with him with a microphone in and the software, and he can. Uh, tune the studio he's working in the way his home studio sounds. So it's more or less flat, of course, um, because I believe the reference place for sound is where the sound engineer or in the end, the mastering engineer and, and the artists are creating the sound and say, okay, this is a linear system and should sound like this. And yeah. So this is the target. Now back to Sonar, um, SonarWorks. Um, they have some, made something for headphones as well, where they are measuring the headphone and make it more or less flat. That's okay. Mine is already close to flat, but not boring. But they have a very nice algorithm. And this nice algorithm allows persons who have this completely different uh, frequency response at the eardrum to tune the headphone or earphone by comparing um, sound examples. Sounds A better, sounds B better, better, or none of them in a way like that. It, it takes half an hour, but after that, you have created your own personal, very fine-tuned equalizer without knowing how to use the equalizer. You know, a lot of people try to use equalizers and they don't know how to do it and make it lot of things in the wrong way. So experienced sound engineers know how to use equalizers, I, the most of them. Uh, but uh, the normal customer, it, it takes, yes, time to learn how to use a thing like that, right? And with this algorithm, it is not necessary. You can just compare and say, okay, I like this better, I like that better. In the end, you have created your own equalizer that bring matches uh, the true wireless um, to your hearing expectations. So that's, yeah, one of the challenges, of course. And uh, yeah, other things are, you will use them not only in an environment like that. So I'm just, you're just listening to it, by the way. So it's these microphones in here um, I'm using for this interview. <laughs> And uh, it's a communication device, of course, and you're using it, yes, when you're commuting, 
when you're in a, you know, the office where your colleagues are taking telephone calls and so on. So it's, it's good to have something like noise cancelling in it. Well, this, the sound certainly is impressive. And I notice you don't have the boom that many people have been using on, on the wireless headphones. Tell us about that strategy. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. It's, I'm just using the Qualcomm technology, CVC technology. So that is two microphones, uh, omnidirectional microphones. Um, and the microphones um, are used to form a cardioid microphone pointing to your mouth. And um, this is, uh, in the end, an array, an antfire array. Uh, but the algorithm need to be very well tuned to, to have a good sound quality, one thing. And uh, when you're outside, uh, and it's windy. You have very often the experience then when someone calls you and is using a headset or, or a smartphone, you can just something like that. I think well, everybody. Well done. <laughs> I think everybody made that a kind of experience, you know, or that. And for me, it is important to, that this doesn't happen. So when you're using this outside, of course, frequency and you have strong wind, you have a little bit decreased frequency range, of course, but uh, there are no dropouts uh, during the communication. So you will hear your uh, the other side. Yes, the intelligibility of, of, of this uh, voice and, and yes, the message is there. You can hear it and you don't have uh, annoying noises uh, from the microphones. Uh, two reasons, as I said, okay, the Qualcomm algorithm is very good when tuned the right way. So it's, it's all in the fine tuning of it. And for that, you need time. So really a wind machine, uh, a dummy head saying things. Uh, so with an artificial mouse, uh, listening to it and tuning it and setting parameters differently and things like that. When this is very well done, you will have that result, but it's even better when you use um, very good microphones. And as I said in the beginning, so the drivers are very important. You have good drivers, selected drivers, um, selected for very low um, uh, distortion levels, matched drivers with uh, tolerances of plus minus one dB. Um, so this is something that I used for uh, headphones like the HD800, which is in a much higher price uh, range. Uh, but when you have bigger tolerances, so this is, sorry, not the microphone, this is playback, but when you have bigger tolerances than plus minus one dB, then you could have a headphone which has plus three dB in the low frequencies and minus three dB, which is plus minus three, so standard for headphones. Uh, and that means you have a boomy, a boom, boom headphone without uh, high frequent, good highs. And, or you can have it, the other way around, then you have a hissy headphone. All that could happen, and it's on the label. It's it is the same headphone, but it sounds completely different. So it depends on just production tolerances, tolerances, and this should not happen with this headphone. So these are the playback drivers. Uh, the the microphones should produce no noise, of course. Uh, when I talk to you, you should not hear hiss or something like that. 
and um, the situation where they are, how they are built into the housing. So you can just make a hole, a tube and a hole in that. And this hole has a sharp edge. And then when the wind blows over it, you will have turb turbulences. And these turbulences are the sound that uh, yeah, goes like something like that. And this is audible. But when you use, are careful in, in, in how you create this um, intake for sound. And I use a kind of funnel here. So the in intake surface is much bigger than the microphone intake. Uh, then it is possible that, okay, sound comes in over the whole surface, but the turbulences occur only on um, a few points of the surface. And so the, the noise from the turbulences are um, averaged out in a way. So all acoustical solutions. So I see the problems that occur for the end customer. I never see the product just from the, with the eyes of an engineer. So of course I'm an engineer, but on the other side, I'm a user, I'm a customer. And I want to have good sound. I want to have, uh, when I talk to someone, uh, I want to hear what he's saying of the wind. And when I switch on the ANC, so ANC is integrated as well, uh, it should bring down noise, the machine noise or engine noise of airplanes or rumbling of, of subway or whatever, wherever you are. Uh, and you don't want to hear and what happens very often uh, when you switch on ANC that uh, you, yes, machine noise is gone, but you hear hiss from the microphone. It's going to switch it on. It goes like, shh, say, uh, okay, okay, that's ANC. No, ANC could work without hiss. So the hiss is mainly produced by the microphones and it's that is just depending on, on the price point uh, of the microphone. So I use or at Grell, uh, it is, so the brand is really called, not uh, Grell Audio is my company, yes, but uh, the company is called Grell. So that's my last name. Uh, and yes, I'm proud to have my last name on the product. Absolutely, and you should be. The attention to, the, to detail is evident here, but this is such, I don't need to tell you, a competitive category. Tell us what you want consumers to know when they're out there making a decision about what they're going to buy and they're considering well. I think the first thing is, it's difficult. Of course, uh, true wireless headphones should fit very well in the ear and fit in a way that you can move and it doesn't uh, fall off your uh, ears. So this is important and it's not uncomfortable. Uh, that you can wear it for four hours without, yes, saying, oh, it hurts. Uh, that's one thing. And the second thing is, of course, it should sound great to you uh, right from the beginning. Uh, and when you're listening longer as well. So this test is, is important when you buy a device. Of course, things like battery lifetime is important as well or things like what kind of uh, chipset is, is integrated as a, a, ch a chipset or is a high quality chipset. So and for me, the highest quality chipsets at the moment are from uh, Qualcomm. Um, 
And your battery well, life is up to 28 hours. Am I, am I reading that right? Uh, yes, depends on. So it is not with one battery charge for the earbuds. That's between five and six hours. Depends on how much DSP power is consumed. So it depends on if ANC is switched on or NAR is switched on. I come to NAR later. Um, then it is five hours. Uh, when you have maximum DSP power consumed, when the DSP power is off at six hours, but it could be recharged in the in the battery case here uh, four times. So it's one time from uh, yes the batteries itself, and then four times recharging. So that gives uh, something like 25, 24, 25 to thirty hours. So it depends on how loud you hear the music and how much noise is around you. So this is a lower limit so that it's say 24 hours, the lowest limit and 30 hours uh, or a little bit more is the maximum. So how does it feel to be out there on your own now <laughs> with this after having worked with some of the best names in, in the business? I, I am still in contact with a lot of uh, colleagues from different companies. So, so I think in the audio industry, there are a lot of nice people working and just interested in creating good sounding devices. And uh, yes, it's, it's good to have telephone calls or Zoom calls with uh, friends in the industry. But on, on the other side, when you are working for a company like Sennheiser, where you have, yes, very experienced team uh, who can do everything. And now I'm really on my own. I'm working with my wife. She's an industrial designer, or not only industrial, she's an industrial and graphic designer. And uh, uh, so by the way, the, the fundamental design of this, and this is the headphones, the 12 on it is, is not normal. This is just that I don't mix up all the samples. <laughs> um, so, uh, this is made for her, and and so we're working as as colleagues and uh, in, in this company, of course. And my wife plays a big role in this whole thing as well. So without her, I would not make it. So it's it's just on my own. No, never. So it's good to have a partner who has the same dream as, as share the same dream, and, and this is very helpful. Yes, wonderful. So tell us about availability and and pricing. It is only available online in the US. Uh, there is a version uh, that is, uh, we developed it together with Drop. So that's a special version for, you know, Mastrop and this, now it's Drop. And uh, it's available there or it's available online from Gerald um, Audio. And that keeps the cost small, this online sales. And um, that's one thing. And the other thing, there is no very nice and expensive uh, packaging. So when you have a normal brick and mortar business and have a very nice packaging, then customer easily pays something like 60 to $70 just for the packaging, for the very nice unpackaging experience, for something that you put in the bin after unpackaging. 
And so I've decided, okay, keep the, the packaging should protect the product, should be nice in a way, there should be a manual in and things that are necessary. But after unpackaging, it goes yes to the bin and therefore it should be as, as cheap as possible as well. So it's pure cardboard, corrugated cardboard, uh, paper bags. So it's eco-friendly as well, but this is not the main reason for that. And uh, yeah, so I could keep these costs very small, very low, and the price for the end customer will be below $200. So under $200 for, for this kind of quality with this kind of workmanship and, and detail, it's, it's going to interest a lot of people. For more information, where should they go? Grow. So as my uh, last name and then audio without uh, any dashes or dots in between is just one word, grellaudio.com. Well, it's spelled G-R-E-L-L for those who are listening. Axel, thank you so much for taking the time with us and we wish you all the best with, with this venture and congratulations. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.